Welcome to the Man Up, Man Down podcast, presented by Volker Baluda and David Pawsey. We discuss the pressures and challenges faced by men approaching middle age that we're often too embarrassed to speak about with our friends. You can find us online at www.manupdown.com. Enjoy the show and don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Welcome everyone to another episode of Men Up, Men Down. And today I have the honor to introduce Charlie Bethel, who is the Chief Officer of the UK Men's Shed Association. And that's an organization that supports community spaces across the UK for men to do stuff, in quotation mark. So what does do stuff actually mean, right? So woodwork, metalwork, electronics, basically making, fixing, upcycling. And what does he achieve? 96% reduction in loneliness, 75% reduction in anxiety, and 89% reduction in depression. So with over 510 sheds in the UK, it's providing a tangible asset to men and women across the UK. It's part of the solution to many challenges society has today. And the website, and, and, and I'm sure we mentioned that at the end of this podcast as well, is mensshed.org.uk. So Charlie, f first of all, Welcome, and um, you just messaged me a thousand chats already, so the intro hat was a bit out of date. <laughs> fill us in, because we came across a men's chat. I, th I think I was Googling men, you know, if I say men activity and so on, and I came across men's chats, and I'm like, this is brilliant. I need a men's chat. Every man needs a men's chat, right? So fill us in. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, pleased to be here. Um, so sheds are very... Um, are very likely not to be actually a shed. So they're just, they're spaces. In community centres, we've got some in some morgues, um, disused morgues, um, but but morgues nonetheless. Some on allotments that do take the shape of a shed, retail units, industrial units, any space really that somebody can get some electricity and a, and a roof to. And of course, a shed doesn't actually have to, have to have a home either. It can just be a group of men doing stuff in the community. And we say stuff because, you know, it could be we, we have a shed that, that does chicken farming and they, they've got some chickens. It's a charity, a local group. We have some sheds that do board games, but there, there is usually involved some sort of making or supporting or creating within within the shed. And the shed is a, it's really a bit of a hoax. The, the shed is, well, let, let me tell you a, an analogy we use. If you put 12 men in a room, a square room, which is quite important, and ask them to talk about their feelings. Six will leave, and the other six will try to find the corners of that room. Being men, we can't quite work out there's only four corners in this this particular room. However, if you put a lawnmower in the middle of the room and ask people to fix it, after two hours, you'll have people knowing each other's names, what ails them, the names of their children or their grandchildren, how they take their tea and coffee, and you might get a fixed lawnmower. You'll certainly get some screws left over or some nuts and bolts left over. And it's through working shoulder to shoulder that men will talk. Now, some, some men do go to therapy or, or talk about their issues, but it, is, it isn't necessarily what, what is more common. I won't say normal, but it's not normally the, it's not the common thing that would happen. But shoulder to shoulder, men will talk about you know, troubles, concerns. It might be around finances. It might be around, around their, their health or a bereavement. And, and, the, the stats that you read out earlier, I think evidence that 
that was um, self-declaration of those that felt lonely before joining a shed. And when we're thinking that this is a hard-to-reach group, you know, of men, mainly over the age of 50 because shed activity happens in the working day, but there are some youth sheds now that, that men do open up. And as a result, it reduces that anxiety because a problem shared is a problem halved. Uh, and in the shed, that problem can completely disappear with how many are in there. It doesn't suit everyone, but it, it suits it suits the majority. And what, what we hear are stories of of the guy that after three months eventually opens up and says, Do you know, I was going to end my life before I came here. Uh, and, and we hear that time and time again from different sheds, and whether that's the guy who turns around and says, Do you know, I, I love coming here because I can forget about being lonely. I can forget about my worries. Others that come, you know, that are having to look after a family member, whether that's an ill wife or, or partner or, or, or child, and it gives them some respite. It also creates purpose. It, it, you're creating something, you're, you're building something, you're making something, and that creates a purpose in, in the person's life, which again is very fulfilling and helps with confidence, helps reduce anxiety, and, and, and again, depression. So the shed does all those things, but basically it is a space where people make stuff. And they might make that for the local community or for themselves or for friends and family. We had a shed uh, that won an award last year from us, made 17 xylophones for a local school. School couldn't couldn't afford to buy the xylophones. So the shed said, well, we'll do that for you. Um, unfortunately for the school, the shed has then decided to play them to the children. And, uh, <laughs> which was uh, <laughs> no offense if they're listening. Um, but uh, they can create anything. They put their mind to it. The sheds you know, do make incredible things from from bird tables and bug hotels and bird boxes to um, carving friezes for churches. A lot of wood turning goes on, fixing people's furniture, making letter boxes for them, you know, wooden boxes that sit outside, the, the outside libraries, the sharing library things. They just do everything with whatever's there. You'll often see shedders diving into skips to steal bits of wood, which which fulfills them in different ways. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the majority do woodwork. 90% will have some sort of woodwork, but there's cold metal working, so you can make it iron gates and fire pits doing that. There's the, the 3D printing, you know, and some guys just go and have a cup of tea. There's a lot of transient people that will come into the shed just for a cup of tea and chat that they wouldn't, wouldn't otherwise have. And, and, you know, when we start to then join the dots of, of mental health issues and you know, coming from loneliness or coming from social isolation or anxiety. Um, and the shed fulfills an area where it, it stops that progressing um, and it, it it gives people their lives back. I mean, you've, you've touched on several things there. Um, I mean, well, you know, as, as Volker said, it's a bit of a cliche, but I uh, always like to do a bit of research. I mean, there was a YouGov poll. I mean, it's a bit out of date now, but from September 2019, um, and basically it's, well, 20% of men say they have no close friends. And apparently that's got considerably worse in the last decade, um, according to Charity Age UK. And 50% more men admit to feelings of loneliness. I mean, I think, you know, this was pre-pandemic. You know, I'm, I'm sure that those numbers have probably been exacerbated. And apparently middle-aged men are three times more likely to kill themselves than a woman of the same age. And 
women seem to sort of, you know, touching on what you said, women seem happy to meet up to talk. You know, I'm generalizing. Um, whereas, as you say, you know, men don't aren't really sort of wired that way. And I mean, I think it's quite interesting that um, I, I sort of also have. I mean, my I was very close to my granddad, and he he was a, a woodworker. You know, he was always like in his shed. Made, you know, made bird tables, made me toys when I was young, and you know, and it. But it's not something that I've, you know, I did. I don't know what it's called now, but CDT as it was called when I was at school. But you know, we sort of almost live in an age now where it is increasingly difficult to sort of fix things. I mean, you know, I often sort of feel quite useless that I have to get someone in to to fix something in my house and. Yeah, I mean, you know, this sort of sounds like, well, for, you know, for for sort of our generation, a great way of learning how to do some of these these things, some of these skills that feel like they're getting lost. But I mean, personally, another thing, I'm really into my fitness. But if I get ill or if I get injured, I always struggle to sort of find something to fill that space. So, yeah, I mean, it, it does sound like quite an incredible dynamic really yeah you you bring up some really interesting points there i mean you know what is that apart from sport what is there for men apart from going down the pub and 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 you talk about the 20 percent having no friends there was some research done in the u.s that suggested that that when a woman makes a friendship group there's a release of endorphins in her mind in her brain but that same thing doesn't happen generally in men so therefore there's, there's some science now albeit American and no offense to anybody from America. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm sure sure there's scientists <laughs> as good yeah. as yeah. Well, not quite, but yes. <laughs> no, it, but in a really interesting point of it's just that's the only piece I've found. It's not been verified by others, but that does suggest that there's reasons to explain why men are miserable sods from about the age of 23. <laughs> you know, which I which I quite like, and you know, for me it was 23. Yeah, it, it's and and. We have a deteriorating society as well in certain areas. So when I was young, there were still workingmen's clubs, somewhere for a man to go. That's not there anymore. And also, and you know, okay, alcohol was involved in that, but it was a place for men to come to come together. And and alcohol's not necessarily a bad thing either. I'm not I'm not suggesting that at all. But not only that, craft isn't taught in the same way in schools anymore. So I had, a, I had a very interesting conversation, if, if you call it that, with uh, Design Technology Association, who was supporting the the idea that they'd had where you design in school, but you don't necessarily do the making anymore. For me, my degree was design, industrial design. And if you don't do the making, you don't understand the processes and therefore you can't design as well. You know, theory does need application um, and it gives that freedom to design things in a in a you know maybe a new way or an um, an innovative way, which is a very difficult word to say, to to change the world, to make things different. So uh, we are sitting in a landscape where craft isn't done as often as it was in schools. You know, people don't learn how to change a plug, for instance, or you know do, do tiling, which I did at school as part of part of what I was doing. So th- those things aren't aren't there anymore, and it, it is vitally important, but it's satisfying as well. It's it's turning a wooden bowl can be so relaxing compared to, to you know the daily strife and and even for carpenters who might be you know, helping build houses, doing something different helps you know greatly. It helps you reflect on the day. It helps you to see beauty in something um, that that you might not be 
prepared to look for. And, you know, those stats that you show, you know, suicide is the biggest single killer of men under the age of 46. Not cancer, not road traffic accidents. It's, it's, it's suicide. And, and that is, that's not talked about. It's a surprise to people very often when, when that's, when that's mentioned. And interestingly, you know, lockdown had a, a, a terrible effect on people's mental health. But there is evidence, um, and it comes from Durkheim, I think it is, who suggested that actually when you bring a community together closer, suicide doesn't increase. And so, you know, there wasn't a marked increase in suicide during lockdowns. But also, they, some would argue that in the troubles in Northern Ireland, there wasn't an increase in suicide and during world wars as well. So um, there needs to be a lot more research around, around suicide, and therefore understanding how to better prevent suicides but the sheds certainly provide a community where people can talk and we've we've done some research recently and the interim stats would suggest that you know, over 100 people's lives will be saved this year now those stats might change as more people respond to to the survey but that's direct saving as well not counting those people that come to a shed that don't go down the routes that they might have gone down and when we look at the profile of suicides as well, what's worrying from the 2022 data of ONS is that it starts to increase again when people get into the 70s amongst men. It doesn't increase again with women, but it increases again with men. And again, you know, bereavement, loneliness, financial worries are a key driver, you know, are, are expected, expected to be reasons for that. But again, there's very... There's very little evidence, unfortunately, in the field, and, and understandably when you when you, you think about baselines. But it's it's the shed certainly has has a positive impact from those those men that talk about it, which in itself is a huge achievement um, that that they they're prepared to talk about it. And and in the media recently, uh, there's a shed that the one person's quoted as saying, "I was going to the sea to end my life," and I. I met somebody who goes to a men's shed. They told me all about it. I turned around, I walked back, I went to the shed, and I haven't stopped going since. And another person talked about that, that they'd looked or attempted to end their life four times before joining the shed. And they went on the Friday, they went back on the Monday, and they haven't looked back. And, you know, it's we're not the cure for suicide by any stretch. But if, if we're getting stories like that from the shedders, it definitely demonstrates the impact that, that we're having at a, at a local level, which is why we do the job, really. It's, it's yes, we're battling loneliness. Yes, we're, we're helping uh, with mental health. But we're also battling that, that, that end of game um, scenario. So, you know, and it's tremendous to see that in, 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 in the shedders, that their lives are transformed. I'd like to rewind a little bit more. These are all very impressive stats, right? It's fantastic. My, my, you know, a question I would have is, how did you come up with the idea? Did did you just sit down one afternoon thinking, oh, we want to prevent suicide or we want to, you know, cut out loneliness or were you just sitting in the in the garden one day thinking, oh, I need a shed and I want to share it with someone else? I mean, how, how did yeah, you come up with this idea? I mean, you had to bring it up, didn't you? Uh, it's an Australian idea. It's it's not ours. Oh, I did, okay. <laughs> um, sorry, <laughs> sorry. So uh, in my um, in my leisure time, I'm involved in sports, and um, there's a there's a healthy rivalry with certain nations and uh, and the Aussies, um, particularly. But no, it, it, the Australians were looking to see how they can tackle loneliness and social isolation 
again, a lot, a lot of alcoholism and, and um, suicide as a result of people living on their own in the in the outback or something like a stereotype of Australians now. So the men's sheds movement started 30 years ago with the first sheds. An Australian Men's Sheds Association are celebrating 25 years this year. And, and so it was, it was an initiative to try and to look at how they can support the men in those local areas and those isolated areas. And if you, you know, if you look back in history, there used to be the Sons of Man, which was a group in, in the UK, a bit like a working men's club, but, but did the same thing. And, and Billy Connolly talks about sheds in the middle of the estates where the old men used, used to go and congregate and allotments. So it's not a new idea, but the Australians really weaponized the shed, I suppose, to, to, to deal with some real big issues that they were facing in Australia. And then it came over to the UK, first sheds in about 2009. The Republic of Ireland has, has many sheds and is supported there by their, by their governments as well. But we're now seeing sheds in, in um, the US. New Zealand has a strong program. Canada now is a strong developing program mainly old Anglo nations, but there are some now in Denmark we're seeing. So it's 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 good that it's starting to develop and, and grow and be an offering. And I know Japan were looking good at it because of their aging population. So I can take absolutely no credit at all. <laughs> for gritted teeth, it was a, a fantastic initiative from the Australians. Is there anybody else I can offend while we're on this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Men Up, Men Down is sponsored by Welldoing. It's a great platform for finding a therapist or counsellor. They only accept verified professionals and they make it really easy to find one who is right for you. You can also use their personalised matching service so your availability, budget and needs are expertly matched with just the right person. If you didn't already know, success in therapy is down to making a great match with your counsellor and the people at Welldoing really know how to make that happen. Plus, they have loads of stories, videos and interviews to support your mental health. Take a look at welldoing.org. There are a few things there that you, you sort of touched on. I mean, sort of, well, the thing about finding beauty in, well, in, in restoration or, you know, again, if you said to a group of men, oh, why don't we try some mindfulness? They're like, what? Whereas it's like, sand you know this bit of wood for uh, 15 minutes and you know yeah you, you sort of lose yourself in the process and you know it is those sort of small you know well yeah repetitive movements that is very therapeutic but I mean yeah what, what you were sort of saying about the chap that was you know on his way to end his life I mean I think that's that's one of my sort of bugbears about you know mental health and it is like you know the, the sort of the mantra is oh oh well you feel like that you know get in touch give me a call and and it's like well that's not how it works when you're in that place you're you know you are you shut yourself out from the world and you know you're you're like well I don't want to bother these people I feel like a burden and and you know telling them how bad I feel that makes me even more of a burden and yeah, you know, it is sort of when, I mean, uh, uh, as I mentioned quite a bit, I, I belong to um, like a football, um, well, a fat football club. Um, you have to be a certain BMI to uh, to qualify, which I, I'd have. 
I mean, there's been, you know, we're, we're guys that don't really know each other. And a couple of weeks ago, that I mean, and they sort of put in the WhatsApp thread, they'll put up, you know, a weekly post. And there was one about, about talking. And quite a few people's, well, I, I, I mean, you know, <laughs> I was like, well, as we're talking about mental health, here's my podcast. Why don't you give it a listen? <laughs> but then following that, there are a couple of guys that were like, well, I'm going to hold my hands up and say I really struggled during lockdown and, yeah, basically ended up in hospital. And, you know, I've, I've been in therapy rooms and I was like, I'll, I'll, you know, that turned into one of the most open discussions about mental health that, that I've ever been involved with. And again, I think it's, you know, sometimes if you don't want to feel pressured into talking, and, you know, a lot of the time it is, I mean, I think even if it is with your mates down the pub, you don't sit down and, and after the first sort of few sips say, yeah, I'm having real issues, you know, like, you know, it, it almost, it can almost take a weekend away with friends before you start getting into those discussions. So, so yeah, I mean, and, and also what you were saying though, about the whole sort of, you know, the biological differences, you know, and, and I'm like, wow, I didn't know that, but you yeah, that makes so much sense that, you you know, it is very different when you see women socialising and interacting and, and you know, we'll, we'll phone for a chat, whereas, you know, I think men are like, what is the purpose of this phone call, you know? Yeah, no, and, and it's, I mean, a lot of this is stereotypes, but there's a reason there's a stereotype and it's not using the stereotype to attack anybody, it's just to to recognise. I mean, I, I look at, you know, my my life and I got married to my wife and so we moved to the village where where um she was where she grew up because her mum wasn't very well and so she wanted to be close to her mum and that you know I don't think that's unique. Equally there's a there's one of the shedders, they moved up into to Scotland, um, to Del Beatty. He worked all his life. When he retired his wife became ill and he was the, the carer, the sole carer. But he had nothing else to do because he didn't know anybody locally because his friendship groups were his employer and people from the company that he worked in. So, you know, he discovered the shed. And he, and again, his his daughter talks about the, how powerful that's been for, for her dad's life. Um, and, and we don't we don't do it. You know, my wife will go out with school mums. You know, a lot of them is traditional behaviours. But, but it does have an impact on you if you're not the main earner as a man and you're not. It, it, it's that toxic piece that society puts upon you it's not 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 male toxicity it's what what at all but toxicity at all it, it's just we put it on ourselves and but we don't do friendship you know the phone calls no you're right you know my wife will phone friends and you know I've not caught up with x for so long you know, I'll give them a call now but yeah we have to have a purpose it's it's um or I certainly do I certainly do and but it's that sharing shoulder to shoulder really does make a difference and and some sheds have women and it's up to the shed they're all autonomous we encourage a men only session because for many men that's important and i had a phone call the other week where um well a couple of months ago now where a shed has has women there they all stop at lunchtime for a break and talk and one of them phoned me and said we can't shut the two women up in the shed they just they just keep talking how do we do it and i said well you know, and it's because John doesn't get to talk, and you know we want John to open up. I said, "Well, what would you do for men?" Well, we tell them shut up. 
So I said, well, maybe not be as direct as that, but it's exactly the same outcome that you need. Explain to them, this is an opportunity for other people to talk as well and, you know, see if that works. And it did. And, you know, that's, it's a happier environment now as a result. But, and it's not just down to, 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 to women. It can be, um, you know, a man that likes to, doesn't like the spaces and the silence. Whereas, you know, you know men and women can be comfortable with silence and, it's important to give people that space to talk about, you know, how their day was or they're concerned that their vegetables aren't growing in their allotments and, you know, just opens up the discussions. And we, we did a survey recently, um, health and wellbeing group, and some sheds took the survey and then discussed it with their members. And so one shed who was talking to me about the impact was, we've got a second session next week to talk about the rest of the questions because we're discussing mental health as a result of and we're discussing suicide and we're talking about the themes in the questionnaire you've sent us and people are opening up for the first time you know in some of this and we also provide a conduit for prostate cancer uk and, and other charities such as cruise to reach men because again how do you reach this community of men that that are slightly more isolated um or have been more isolated so it, again it's a great way there was a shed who won an award for health and well-being a special award one of the shedders had been losing his eyesight in one eye for 20 years and he'd started talking about it just as he, he went totally blind in this eye and the shedder said well did some research found out what it was found out it was curable marched him down to the hospital and i mean again they're not miraculous in in everything they do marched him down to the hospital he had the operation he's now got vision in both eyes again it's but he couldn't be bothered he didn't want to not that he couldn't be bothered he didn't want to disturb people you know men are less likely to go to the doctors and less likely to go to the chemist the stats suggest you know because we don't want to as you said earlier don't want to bother people and you know it, it's people looking out for each other it's yeah it, it, it's a community i mean there's again there's a couple of interesting points there um and I think that is almost like a, um, you know, the difference between men and women is that, yeah, sometimes men are, are sort of like, well, I don't want to upset the apple cart, so I'm just going to keep quiet almost. Whereas, you know, women are a bit more, well, again, maybe I'm generalizing, but might be a bit more forthright. But yeah, something you were saying there is like my dad lives on his own. He's got hearing and sight issues. And my wife sort of says, you know, whereas her dad and my stepdad have got their partners nagging them, like it to get things sorted, you know. So it is, you know, so like, oh, we don't want to leave that too long, get to the doctors. And yeah, if you haven't got sort of that person motivating you, shall we say, then I can, I can see how that does happen. Yeah. I mean, even, you know, I'm, I'm married, I'm fortunate enough to be married and, um, physically a shot um <laughs> I, no no i am uh, but you know i, I have um I did chest infection before christmas and you know i wouldn't go to the doctors and it was only when my wife turned around and said right now go to the chemist then go to the chemist and get something for it and it was the chemist who then turned around and said you need to get to the doctors you've had that for far too long um then i did it and then i get you know well you listen to them but you won't listen to me but it yeah. was because i was listening to to my life that I went on that journey and and um, yes they gave me some magic tablets and it all went away but yeah we, we don't yeah again they're all generalisations but 
you know, if it if it does reflect with some of your your listeners, it's we 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 do try and solve things ourselves and think, oh, well, it, it might be better tomorrow. And, and you know, we take the bits of advice that we hear. You know, if you you know if, if you've got a cold, take paracetamol and drink lots of fluids. Well, that, that's what I've got. I've got a cold. It's when you haven't because you're getting breathless when you read into your children at night. It's it's something else. So. And it's it's interesting what you said earlier as well in terms of you know I think I think for me that the, the standing shoulder to shoulder right I mean it reminds me of good 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 old days in the navy um, which I had to do when I was younger it was the compulsory service in Germany but you know when 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 you're when you're in that group right you you start talking you 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 know you're fighting for 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 common purpose right and you know when once you lose that right it's yeah, it's it's gone. This purpose is gone, right? So you lose you lose focus, and you 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 go down the slippery slope. Particularly if you, if I say, might have lost your spouse, or you know, you you're completely lonely, or don't get on with your wife anymore. Or um, better, interesting book actually this morning, a chapter on um, you know how, how how men should or shouldn't behave around women. Um, but you know, it's probably for 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 the time. Otherwise, go too off. Too much off on a, on a tangent, which is actually interesting that you said with um, with women joining the shed as well, because I'm I'm a member of a German fraternity, um, which is very much per se a male group, and we have lots of women that are allowed per se allowed, you know, they, they come you know to the fraternity house, you know, for per se parties, um, they, they're getting involved, but they're not full members. We we make all the decisions as men, and there are lots of sororities out there, and there are mixed groups. You know, you can you can choose whatever you want. And we have a strong focus on personal development. You know, I always ask myself the question, or we, we debated it at length, you know, why why wouldn't we allow women in there, right? And, and to the point you made earlier, right? It's it's a different dynamic, right? It changes the dynamic down to obviously, particularly if I say if, you, if you're a student, right? You you get that rooster behavior, right? You're trying to show off more than, than anything else. And if, if men are amongst themselves, they are, you know, they, they are opening up, right? They, they can talk about things. Yeah, no, you, you're right. I mean, I, I used to say peacock rather than a rooster, and it's it does change. You're trying to impress the young girl that comes in or the young lady that comes into yeah. into there. You do you do see that, and it's it's recognised. It is one of the key strengths and sustainability parts of men's sheds is that they're autonomous, so they can be members of ours or not. Um, if they're members, then there's some fantastic discounts and free product and. And the reason to be a member really is to support the growth of the movement. It's it's thirty pound for a shed and you know for a year, so it's not it's not a huge investment. But um, some some choose not to be, which is fine. But we give them all that choice. Now, some sheds change their names to a community shed because they want that to better reflect. But it is the choice of that group to do that. We keep our title as men's sheds because there are fewer and fewer organisations. And not many with with a high profile raising the profile of men's health. You know, there were charities that that were specific about men and and are now more broader. And I'm sure that's right for them. But we we get questioned on it. And you give the stats on suicide, and and that's it. And there is a prejudice. We we had a shed in um, Norfolk which was refused access to a building. So this building was adjacent to a school. And the decision of children's services, although a latter email suggested it was the school, but the first two suggested it was the school and children's services, said no, men are a safeguarding risk. 
And now this, wow. this group has women's groups in it. In the end, we got an email saying, look, we're not going to let them in. So, you know, we, the matter's closed as far as we're concerned, unless you've got anything else to say. So I pointed out that it might be illegal to make such decisions because men are yeah. as protected as women or, or other communities within society. Um, but actually, we're not going to chase that anymore. I'm just going to name them because it's a very good demonstration of a prejudice that, that, that people have towards men. Now, you know, some of those men were saying, well, my grandchildren are in that school next door. And probably go and pick them up. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong, you know, men commit crimes, but so do, it's not, uh, crime isn't gender driven. And so, yeah, you know, and, I, and I, I spoke to one of the women's groups there and said, you know, do DBS all of your members? And I was no, because that would be a barrier to to participation and to the benefit that they, they give. So, but this isn't an attack on, on, on the women's groups, isn't it? It's, for me, it's, it's an attack on those that are attacking men as a result. We had a shed that um, isn't an allotment and the response from, there was only four different groups and it's a huge allotment. But the comments were, well, men will come and steal our vegetables. <laughs> you know, I, um, Particulars and carrots and the cucumbers. Well, uh, I mean, the, the, the result is that sheds there may have been a huge impact. We still get complaints from the same four, four um, people. But that shed has gone around and fixed most people's sheds. They've, they mow the lawns for the, the more elderly groups that are in there in the allotments. You know, they yeah. had a massive impact. And, and they actually engage a prisoner service as well within that allotment to to support the the environment there or ex offenders. So it's um, but it's not a male thing. But but that's the way that it's it's going. I, I, you know, by no means am I going down the Andrew Tate. I think that tries to hijack the argument. But there is a real genuine need that people just need to think. Okay, is this a fair approach? And it is fair to look after men in the same way it's fair to have sports rules for disability sports or you know women only swimming sessions and and and, and women's groups but it's self-determining by those groups of, of sheds some have set up a women's shed adjacent to them so on different days in the same way that some sheds do um, sessions for people with autism or learning disabilities on other days or with dementia to enable to support those groups, but not to change the culture within their own group, and and you know yes, you see them odd misogynist, but you know the majority of sheds that I've visited, the vast majority, you don't you don't see that sort of thing. You know the worst you see is no women allowed on the toilet door, <laughs> but when they have some of our staff who are female visiting, they they roll out the red carpets and make sure they've got you know they're just they're just gentlemen, but they they want that space. Um, in those ones that are men only. You said they're about um, ex-offenders. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's not something that I'm incredibly well-versed in, but I guess I know anecdotally that, you know, it is, you know, it is, it's, it's, it's a difficult <laughs> label. You've done your, your sentence, so you're effectively rehabilitated, but then getting out into the workforce. So, I mean, does sort of men's sheds does that help ex-offenders sort of get yeah so get back into well i mean i guess just get back into society yeah so um the, the there are some and the, the one i was talking about there are one of those sheds that work with ex-offender groups to support them on a, in a separate environment but there are some sheds now in prisons as well 
And again, it's about helping people to work together to understand that having a purpose is a is a goal in life rather than just drifting. And so it exists. But you know, there may be ex-offenders in lots of sheds, and nobody knows because you don't have to declare it. Um, but equally, you know, whatever the group is, that that will probably be the case in lots of organisations around the country. But yes, so sheds are being used as a vehicle in in a number of sites to help people come back, you know, in, into society and to engage with society and to learn as well. But but no different to housing associations working with men's sheds to help their tenants understand um, social behaviour and to to use the shed as a vehicle to to introduce you know simple um, personal accounting and and how to look after their money and how to repair things themselves so it, it's a tremendous vehicle that can be used in many different ways and, and so you know ex offenders is one you know having sheds in prisons you know is it is a great way of of engaging people we we have sheds in um in the hospices where not only the the person that's near their end of life but also the families can go and do stuff together and many continue many many bereaved fa- husbands or or fathers or wives will still go to the shed afterwards because it creates that connection it allows that that connection so you know the sheds are being used in all sorts of environments to have a positive impact on on society it's incredible i mean there's a phrase that you've used or a word that you've used quite a few times which is purpose and you know i think that is yeah just so so important whether you know that is someone who doesn't have a very fulfilling job whether as you say you know the retirement or you know their their spouse has died um you know it's, it's sort of it's one of those things that i i, I guess we don't sort of put enough focus on in terms of how we conduct our or you know how we get lift ourselves out of depression but yeah having purpose is what's well, the meaning of life effectively it, it, it is it's it's you talk about mass people talk about maslow's hierarchy and you know you need water you need food you need sex you need but actually having a purpose is really really important you you need to you know achieve something or or be working towards something to achieve and you know, scientists will talk about sociologists and psychologists about having those, you know, small stepping stones to get to that point. You you get that when you create something, whether it's a bird box. And the first shed I visited, uh, it was before I had the interview, there was a there's a lady who made a bird table and there were screws sticking up. I mean, any bird that went near it would have been impaled. And, <laughs> um, and there was a big discussion because somebody borrowed one of her pieces of wood. And, but the joy on her face... I mean, I was looking at it thinking, it's not that great. However, the joy on her face w- was was tremendous. And, and if that's the impact, you know, it has, or if, if the shed movement in the UK saves one life, that's a huge impact. But we know from the stories that we hear, and we've just done a piece of research on loneliness, and we have over a, a hundred um, case studies from each of those, the people that did it, you know, it's life transforming in, in many different ways. And, you know, and... And there are other activities out there that are equally transforming, but but the shed is it, it reaches different groups within society um, and allows them to come together, and and the shed has become zealots. You know, the the guy that's walking down towards the um, to the sea I spoke about, 
you know, I have no doubt that the, the shedder was is overjoyed and wants to tell everybody about the shed because it gives them a conversation as well that they might not have had. They may have had a, you know, just been sitting in front of the TV for 10 years and now they've got something to tell people about. Yeah, they've, they've got purpose. Yeah. One, one, one last question. I know we, we, we're running out of time. This this passed far too quickly. That's, that's most of our episodes, to be honest. But um, so who, who opens the shed? Can I just open a shed if I wanted to? Can I just put a shed in my garden and say, here we go? Or... So generally, they're not on per people's personal property. Although there are, there's a shed in Gloucester which has um, two garages, well, three garages now, and they've built it up as a shed. But generally, yes, people come together. We can support. We've got literature on how to do it and volunteers called ambassadors. It's it's identifying the group that wants to do it, and you don't ha actually have to have a property. And actually, two or three people coming together to say, okay, let's set up a shed. It's already doing its work. It's doing its business. It's 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 having that impact on people's lives. So they come together, usually in a pub or or some sort of setting. You know, it's advertised, and then we help finding the property is important for most sheds. And and yeah, we can help and hold people's hands through that journey. But also, other sheds will do that as well. Yeah, brilliant. And in, in terms of finance, would you pay for the rent or no? So the sheds finance the sheds do it self financing. Yeah. There was a model that's been used where a, a, a parent charity sets up the shed, but as soon as that parent charity gets into financial trouble, the shed then isn't doesn't have that self determination, and there can be a passivity within it where they're they're not they're not controlling their own futures. And, and most sheds will exist on about two to three thousand pound a year plus whatever the rent is. So they're not overly expensive. Um, local authorities will sometimes support and local charities as well. This was a fantastic podcast. I say it passed way, way too quickly. Sorry, I, I don't know if you can hear, but my dog's in the background barking. So uh, Arnie, he, he's, he's very eager to get on, on microphone. I don't know why. But uh, <laughs> in terms of where, where can people find out more about Menshed? Is it best to go via the website? or? Yeah, so our website, menshed.org.uk. Um, that's the prime place it will also there's a there's a shed finder on there and you can type in your postcode and find your local shed also information about um, how to set up a shed how to contact us and we are also developing a new site so it will be a lot more navigatable in in the coming month yeah so. brilliant well, then thank you very much for your time and uh, as you say right if we if we can save one life right it's worthwhile yeah, worthwhile doing it. Absolutely. I think such a fantastic charity and organization. And yeah, as, as, as David would say, right, this, you know, it's, it's all about finding the purpose. And I think, uh, you know, a shed definitely, I started doing some woodwork during, during COVID and lockdown, and it, it does give you purpose. And I, I could have done with someone actually explaining what I should have been doing, but that's one other time. Thank you so much. Thank you. No, thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks, Charlie. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Feel free to reach out to Volker or David via our website, www.manupdown.com or podcast at manupdown.com with any feedback or to let us know what topics you'd like us to cover in the future. Hear you again soon.